How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are locked on Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Bucks, brought to you by BrewHoop.com and also brought to you by SeatGeek. And at SeatGeek, you can always use our promo code. That's L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, L-O-Bucks for Locked on Bucks. And that's exactly what you're listening to right now. I'm Eric Name. As always with me is Frank Madden. Frank, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. I just watched sort of the Bulls-Timberwolves game. Uh, I will not act like I was I was scouting the Bulls, even though that is who we're going to be talking about uh, ahead of the game on Thursday. I guess ahead of the game Thursday and Friday with the back to back coming up. But um, yeah, I it's funny. My my wife actually probably enjoys watching non Bucks NBA games more than I do. Um, that's that's so, kind of cool. Yeah, so I mean, I watch. She's a Rockets fan. She's from Houston, so I watch Rockets games with her. Obviously, I watch every Bucks game, but then it's just like I just don't have time to sort of, I don't know, watch that much kind of random non non Bucks yeah. stuff. Um, so unless it's like a really big national game or something like that, I usually don't watch. Um, but meanwhile, she'll just like, if we're just sitting around, she'll just be like, put on some basketball, and, <laughs> you know. I forget what game we were watching. I mean, it was just we were watching like we were watching like Suns somebody or totally random on Sunday. It was just like I should not be complaining about this because my wife's awesome. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so so my wife is is in many ways a better NBA fan than I am. Well, that's I, like, like I said, that's only making you better, Frank. Um, so uh, don't don't complain about that. Uh, so obviously we got to talk Bucks Bulls, and like Frank said, so this is the first of three straight home and home sets. So uh, weird, yes, weird stuff. So on Thursday the Bucks have the Bulls at home, then they go to Chicago on Friday. Then next Tuesday they have the Cavs at home, and on Wednesday go to Cleveland, and then on Friday uh, that is what two days before Christmas on the 23rd they'll host the Wizards, and then on the 26th the day after Christmas uh, they'll go to Washington. And why? I mean, you couldn't make Bucks Wizards a, a Christmas Day game. No one wants to see that. Come on. Um, but yeah. So by the way, have you have you seen those? Uh you know how they have special Christmas jerseys and they yes. kind of mock them up for every team, mm-hmm. even if they don't have a Christmas game. And then I, I saw, I think I saw some people wearing the, they were like black, uh, with kind of like cursive-ish yep. writing. Yep. Um, they look pretty cool for the Bucks, even though they're, I guess they'll never be worn. I mean, I don't know why they won't be worn. Other teams have so many like random jerseys, it seems like, why can't the Bucks? randomly wear those jerseys sell some more jerseys i don't know but yeah okay no they they i think they fooled me last year because last year was the first year they made like the christmas ones for everyone if that makes sense and one of the first christmas quote-unquote christmas jerseys that got released was 
the Bucks version of a Christmas jersey, and I was like, oh my god, the Bucks got a Christmas Day game. This is incredible. How is this possible? And then I was informed by, uh, shoot, what's the uniform guy, the, the uni watch guy? Uh, Paul, Paul Lucas? Yeah. Uh, I tweeted something to Paul Lucas. He's like, no, 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 they're making these for everyone. And I was like, oh, that's... It's really sad. I, I was I was very excited there for a second to think that the the Bucks had gotten a Christmas Day game. But there's always next year. Uh, maybe once Giannis gets his All Star appearance this year, uh, then then we'll get to that. Um, also, All Star voting. I don't know when it starts. Last year, I I think it started on the tenth. Frank, I, I think we're getting awfully close to campaign time for Giannis. I mean. How? When was the last time All Star voting was a relevant thing to a Bucks fan? So I, I don't remember when any of this stuff happens because it's never relevant to my <laughs> fandom as a Bucks fan. I, I, I've um, had enough people so ask me that I looked it up, and okay. last year was December 10th. So I feel like any day now we should be getting a press release, and maybe, 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 NBA and Turner are very good friends. Um, maybe on Thursday. Maybe Thursday night that'll that'll get released, and on Thursday night, it's Bucks Bulls on TNT, which which could maybe serve as a a helpful push for yet. No, I don't know if that'll help at all, but maybe that'll be when they announce it, um, and that would be exciting. That 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 could be a topic on inside the NBA um, pregame, postgame, whatever. That Giannis should be an All Star. That would be cool. Um, but that'll be Thursday. And if you're not going to watch it on TV, you could obviously go to the game. And the best way to go to a game is, if you don't already know, SeatGeek. And with SeatGeek, obviously, you can look up seats. They have the cool diagram that has the the different dots uh, color-coded to show you good deals. And right now, I will tell you, the BC is overwhelmingly green for Bucks Bulls on Thursday. It may be red with Bulls fans on Thursday, but it's green on SeatGeek right now, which is a good sign. So that means there are good deals all over the place. Uh, there are green deals on the lower level. Um, it looks like you can get lower level seats for under 40. Um, it might be in an end zone, but I think you can get under 40 uh, on the lower level. Oh, man, 48 on like a baseline? That's... It's a pretty good deal. Um, so you can see those deals but because they'll be bigger and greener if they're great deals. Um, and obviously with SeatGeek, they do all of the searching for you. They go search it out. They figure out uh, from the other ticket websites and get you the best deals. So uh, SeatGeek is the place to go for that. What are you thinking, Frank, attendance-wise? Bucks, Bulls, I know it's always contentious. Oh, man, there's so many Bulls fans here. Do you think, do you think this Bulls team draws out? some of those Bulls fans from Chicago? <laughs> Do I think they're going to be Bulls fans in the Bradley Center? No, I, I, think I, mean, gonna... I mean percentage-wise, not will there oh, be okay. some Bulls yeah. fans. Of course there's going to be well, some Bulls fans. I, I mean, I should ask you because I honestly, even when I when I got older, in, when I was in high school, which is the last time I, I actually lived in Wisconsin, um, I actually stopped wanting to go to Bucks Bulls games, which is such a coward. I realize that's like a bad fan <laughs> thing to do, but it, I was just it was just like bummed me out, like being surrounded by Bulls fans. Yeah, and I think there was also a game in the late '90s I went to where I want to say Tony Kukoc hit like a 40 footer to win it, and that just like just totally bummed me out. And that might have been the last time that I went to a Bucks Bulls game. I did see Jordan at least a few times. Um, I think I saw Jordan. 
and Glenn Robinson on like the last game of the season one year and like Glenn had like over 30 and we went into the offseason thinking like oh man Glenn's like going to be a, a real star next year and then not so much but um but anyway I digress uh I don't know what I mean, what do you what do you expect like 40% something like that I mean it's not going to be a, yeah, it's not going to be a small number no I, it'll probably be, ugh. I hope it's not but I assume it'll probably be 50-50 um yeah. just because uh, the BC hasn't been super full this year, and Bulls fans can get here very easily. It's a short, it's a short car trip. Um, it's also a short train trip. However, you might want to do it. You can get there uh, quite easily. So I, I'm, I'm not gonna necessarily hold my breath, hoping for a, a huge Bucks contingent at that one on Thursday. But you never know. And if you want to try to help fight the good fight. Let's say um, if you want to try to help fill up the BC with Bucks fans, obviously go to SeatGeek. You can uh, go to the app, download the app, then go to the settings tab, go down to enter a promo code, enter promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, that's L-O-Bucks. Enter that, and you'll get a $20 rebate on your first SeatGeek purchase. And if you've already used it, well, you're just going to get a great deal because that's what SeatGeek does. So go over there, buy some tickets. That'd be great. All right, Bucks Bulls. What do you? I guess what are your your general thoughts on the game? Uh, the Timberwolves beat the Bulls um, in their in their last one, so uh, Thibodeau's return to Chicago uh, a little bit icy, but Timberwolves get the win. Maybe they, are the Bulls more more enthused, more motivated? Uh, are they out for blood against the Bucks after getting? beat by their old coach does that have an effect at all i guess what are what are you feeling going into this game frank well i think it's another kind of measuring stick game and we've talked a fair bit about how Giannis has has kind of risen to the occasion against some of the the best players in in the league and he's kind of upped his game and um you know uh paul george was a guy obviously that that Giannis outplayed when they beat the pacers um you know obviously outplaying lebron when they beat the Cavs. uh playing you know kd more or less shot for shot kd was more i think he was more efficient in in that uh, mm-hmm. game when the warriors were here um uh, playing him close and and obviously Giannis put up big numbers against derozan even though he wasn't really guarding derozan much you know, other than maybe a few switches um so you know we've kind of seen how Giannis tends to rise to the occasion against uh, great players and it'll be interesting to see i think uh Historically, I think last year we saw Chris Middleton and Jimmy Butler matched up one-on-one more. Um, I think in the preseason game, they played two preseason games, but the second one, basically no Bulls, <laughs> no Bulls uh, starters really were, were involved, or at least you know Butler and, and Wade weren't. Um, I don't think Rondo was either. Um, Rondo's been injured, which... I don't know if that's a bad thing. Um, that's kind of yeah. one of those, you know, question mark deals. Given given how you know, Rondo doesn't necessarily help you win games at this point, um, but I'm curious to see how they match up. I think if there was kind of something we we, we saw early on against the. Bulls in Chicago in the first preseason game, it was that uh, Taj Gibson was not respecting Jabari Parker's jump shot at all and slacking off and and really trying to collapse and help on Giannis, and and the Bucks got off to a very bad start. Uh, neither of our two uh, youngsters played particularly well in that game, but 
that was obviously kind of a different time, you know, and Jabari since then obviously has become a guy who, who's become pretty comfortable um, shooting jump shots. I think in that game, you know, he was really playing um, at the top of the key, um, I think setting a lot of screens and um, kind of picking and popping or trying to roll. Uh, and Taj Gibson was really slacking off him to get sort of in the center of that defense. Now, obviously, Jabari's kind of moving around a bit more. We see him in the corners maybe a little bit more, um, which I think is a, a positive thing for him. And mm-hmm. we're also seeing him obviously shoot jump shots with, with much greater regularity um, and, and shoot threes with much greater regularity. So it'll be interesting to see if that scouting report, cha- report changes, if, if Gibson is, is still sort of daring to Jabari to, to shoot. Um, or, or how they play it, and it'll be interesting to see with Giannis. Um, presuming he gets matched up with, with Jimmy Butler, which you'd imagine it'll be interesting to see um, what kind of matchup that looks like. Um, you know, I think we've obviously seen, uh, you know, I think Giannis maybe as a pick-and-roll ball handler has been less successful than maybe we'd like to see. Um, he's been probably more dangerous uh, in the pick-and-roll as the roll man, mm-hmm. and that's become a very... Um, favored way of of getting him touches either at the elbow trying to get him switches into the post etc etc and and i think either way um you know whether he's handling or or not um you know either he can potentially get some touches in the post against jimmy butler try to use that size not that jimmy is a pushover but obviously he's he's a fair bit uh shorter than than Giannis, and so we'll see i think Giannis has been kind of beasting dudes in the post the last couple of games whether it was the wizards or um, or the or the Raptors. So we'll see if that is something that they try to do. Uh, and if you know Giannis is on ball, I don't think you'd expect Giannis to just be able to drive around Jimmy Butler very easily. Uh, but if you can get him in maybe some screen and roll just to sort of get you know switches, put big men out on him, things like that, maybe maybe that'll be a way to um, free him up rather than try to you know make him try to dribble around a, a very you know mobile and and uh and tough defender in in jimmy so i think it'll be interesting and also interesting i think to see how the bucks defend butler and um you know do they put jabari on him or or even snell on him i imagine snell probably guard wade um but it'll be interesting to see if they try to go with uh, jabari a bit more and and let Giannis be uh you know more that kind of free safety help side defender i think it's you mentioned you mentioned taj gibson playing a ways off of Jabari and I think it's going to it's going to be interesting to see once again how comfortable Jabari is shooting that shot it seems like he's gotten he's gotten more and more comfortable he's taking more and more shots and I think I'm trying to remember I know Nate Duncan talked about it the other day on uh, the dunk down pod and I, I know in our comments section people were talking about it a little bit but I think Yana or excuse me I think Jabari now is Forty-six and a half percent from mid-range. Maybe I'm misquoting that, but I'm pretty sure that's the number. Um, and that's I think top fifteen-ish, top twenty in in the league from mid-range. And it, it's been interesting to see that when that when that idea gets brought up, people are like, "Well, I wish it was the three-point line. Like, do I should I really care that Jabari is good from mid-range?" And to me, that seems insane. Like. I want guys to be good from everywhere. Like, like, yes, obviously I wish Jabari was that efficient from from the three-point line. I, I wish Jabari was taking more threes. But seeing him find confidence in parts of his game, even if they are the inefficient part of his game, and for the most part Jabari's kind of only been relatively inefficient thus far, but even if it is inefficient stuff, seeing him have confidence – 
start taking more shots, start stepping into shots, and starting to shoot more confidently, to me is is good. No, no matter what, like I understand that it's not the most efficient shot, but to me that seems good. A- am I crazy to think that, Frank? Well, I mean, I think the people are coming from the right place, wanting him to shoot more threes, right? So, a hundred percent agree. So, I, but I, and I think it gets into the conversation the other day when a guy is is needed to, you know, if you're looking at a guy and you want him to be a big time scorer, you want him to be a crunch time scorer, then you know he needs to have that shot in his in his uh, in his bag of tricks or the mid range shot. So, I think things are trending in the right direction, right? And Jabari yeah. becoming a very good mid range shooter, he's at forty five point three percent right now. Um, by the way, what do you think Giannis's mid-range number is right now, from 16 to 20 to three to the three-point line? What do you think his overall percentage is? 32. 41.5 percent. Hmm. I would not have thought that. Clearly. Yeah. Um, I, I think the thing with Giannis is always that he he's as we were talking about yesterday, he's so intent on on not settling for that shot or, or not yeah. looking for that shot that. It, you know he turns it he turns down he turns down open mid rangers constantly so it seems like you know obviously that's it's less of a priority which clearly it is for him but anyway um, but yeah Jabari obviously shooting better he's thirty five percent on threes he at least is shooting more threes than long twos at this point um, his three point uh, rate his three point rate is is twenty percent which obviously you'd like to see go even higher his long two range uh rate is 17.5 percent um so but at least a trend in in the right direction um i guess the the big thing for me is just that he's shooting more confidently period like like i I understand it's not it's not as much from three as you would like it and you'd like to see him cut out more of those long twos but for for worrying about Jabari, worrying about him scoring, and th- there's always been the idea that he's going to be a great scorer one day, and then we've seen kind of varying results on that. To just see him shooting confidently, even if it is long twos right now, like that makes me happy. Yeah, and he's 41% on corner threes, so that's obviously a, a really nice thing for him that that he's gotten comfortable out there. Um, yeah, interesting. I mean, this is something I know we've talked about this previously when people talk about Giannis trying to get comfortable on corner threes, and I think one of the things that we always talked about was how, you know, if Giannis is is good on corner threes, then that's cool. But also, why the hell is Giannis in the in the corner <laughs> yes. shooting threes? Yes, it, it <laughs> makes Gian- no logical sense. In any yeah, offense. Giannis. I think Giannis last year was pretty respectable from corner threes. This year, he's only taken nine percent of his total attempts from the corner and hasn't made one at all. Um, so, uh, you know. That's the bad news. The good news is that uh, obviously he's been relatively better from above the break, which is where he's going to have to shoot most of his threes, just because of like the the space that he's going to occupy on the court. Um, just general so, floor mechanics, like how yeah. how did Giannis get to the corner? That would be that would be a scary question. Actually, the the answer would be scary because that means what like a deli, a deli Plumley pick and roll, like a deli Henson pick and roll. Um, well, clearly not a like, Deli Plumley pick and roll. Like a like a bees like a bees ISO. Um, yeah. Whatever got him to the corner would be very scary to me. It's probably not ideal. But anyway, so Giannis is nobody puts Giannis in the corner this year, um, <laughs> and so that's not even Jason Kidd. So thankfully, um, that's at least holding true. And and Jabari, I think 
baseline Bari also start extending the baseline out to uh, to that corner. So that's uh, that's been encouraging to see. But Bulls are an interesting team. I mean, they are. Um, you know, we talked. Uh, everybody talked before the season about obviously the three point shooting not being there and the roster construction issues that they might have. Um, and you know, they they started off Wade kind of famously was crazy in his first like. I don't know, half dozen games or so shooting threes. Yeah. And obviously a lot of people were wondering like, oh, it's Wayne Wade figured out how to shoot threes. Um, he's down to 34% now at this point, um, which, you know, still respectable, uh, on, on good volume. Um, not respectable is the fact that the Bulls are dead last in, I think they're dead last in three pointers made attempted and percentage. You (laughs) are right. 30 across the board. So incredibly, they they have a lower team three point percentage than even the Bucks. Uh, you know, hey, the the Bucks. No, I was gonna say the Bucks, not the Bucks' own three point percentage, oh, but the Bucks' okay. uh, three point percentage allowed. Yeah. So this this might actually be a night when <laughs> Bucks, you know, uh, dare dare you to beat us with three pointers de- defense, which just might you know, work. We've talked forever about being a very uh, speculative. Uh, philosophical value um, uh, tonight it might not actually uh, come back to hurt them although maybe that's a famous last words type thing so anyway it will be interesting <laughs> the, the other thing to point out um, you know if the, while the Bulls are, are obviously not a team that tends to hurt you from the outside uh, they are a team that as, as many Bulls teams I feel like have done over the past decade uh, they are a very good offensive rebounding team they're first in the league in offensive rebound rate and so we'll see because Certainly, historically, that has been a major issue for the Bucks. Um, you know, Jabari uh, still doesn't defensive rebound. He'll have like one or two defensive rebounds a game that are like look good, and then you'll just be like, why don't? Why, how? Why doesn't he grab like <laughs> like three or four more of those? Um, but uh, but yeah, so that I think will be an interesting storyline if the Bucks can force a bunch of misses or luck out into a bunch of misses, whatever. Um, can they actually get the the the, the defensive rebounds? Because if they don't, um, that obviously would uh, would not be a good thing. But um, but yeah, I think a good measuring stick game. Bulls at thirteen eleven. Bucks at you know especially over the last week, disappointing that they're not better than eleven and twelve. Um, and clearly with with some of these games coming up, you know, if you at least split Chicago, I don't know if you can expect to split Cleveland. Um, but if you split Chicago and then um, you know if you if you split each of those series, given where the Bucks are and given their road problems, you probably feel pretty good about that. Um, but uh, you know, and and obviously it's just you know it's just hard to beat a team twice in a row. Um, uh, I, the Nets are one one thing, um, but everybody else in the league is is uh, you know is harder. So I guess, I guess the interesting thing for me is. I, I truly believe when we say a measuring stick game that these are measuring stick games, but it's interesting to me how many games I find to be measuring stick games against Eastern Conference opponents. Like, okay, well, the Nets certainly aren't, but then, like, the other games, it's like, okay, they're playing this bad team. They should beat this bad team. This is a measuring stick game to me to see if they will beat this bad team. And then if it's, like, a middling team, in my head, I'm thinking, well, this is a measuring stick game because these are the teams that they're with. And then if they're playing a good team, to me, this is a measuring stick game because if the Bucks are going to raise to the next level in the next couple of years, they they need to bring it against this team and, and show off what they can do. Uh, so it, it's just funny that I think 
I, I do truly believe that all these games are measuring stick games, uh, and maybe that devalues the idea of measuring uh, of, a, of a measuring stick. I don't really know uh, how deep I want to get into this analogy, but there there are a lot of interesting things here, and yeah, seeing if they can. I think maybe the Bulls. It's a little bit special too, just because you're so close at the BC. You have so many Bulls fans, and I feel like. Again, it's not a rivalry unless both teams think it, think it's a rivalry. So the Bulls probably don't don't see it that way. But for the Bucks, like this is I don't think I don't think the Bulls are good enough to not. Yeah, I mean it's like yeah, who, who, who the hell are the Bulls? Like what have the Bulls won? You yeah, know that's and, true. You know since the the sixty win plus Rose MVP year, you know, and the yeah. Bulls have had some some solid teams, but I mean they haven't had any great teams. And obviously last year they were very disappointing and. Granted, the Bucks were probably even more disappointing, but yeah. um, but clearly this is you know a team that that I think given the the proximity and I mean look they're close enough in the standings and granted there are going to be a lot of teams in the East that you know by that measure qualify as rivals, but um, but I think I think there's some some different edge to it, especially with the the crowds um, being the way they are and uh, you know it'll be interesting to see. I mean at some point here, just looking at the roster makeup of these teams, I mean at some point. The Bucks have to start getting the better of the Bulls, yeah. uh, and it would be very nice to have it happen this year. And I think certainly it's it's possible. Um, but you know, again, we'll we'll start to see it the next two nights. So a lot of big things here. TNT game on Thursday. So national TV. Um, I believe one of. Do they have another TNT or ESPN game? I almost don't think they do. Yeah, I think that, I think it's at least a doubleheader, or it can only be a doubleheader. No. Yeah, I'm saying, do the Bucks have another TNT or ESPN? Game? Oh no! Honestly, I was I, first off. I never really care about national TV games because basically what happens is the Bucks play on national TV. Usually, they play on the road against a better team. They yeah. get killed, and everybody just complains on Twitter about how the <laughs> announcers don't know anything about the Bucks. And it's just like, well, why did we want to be on national TV correct, first? Correct. correct. Um, but this year, I think it's it's cooler because you know you've got Giannis and the hype machine that's sort of starting around him and it's a chance for him to kind of show off and we obviously know that he's he tends to rise to the occasion so between that and the crowd and um playing against you know a great player like jimmy um you you hope that this will will bring out the best in Giannis. Ooh, but yeah, I, I okay they, have, they have one espn january 6th against the knicks also a home game nice um and then oh that one's not gonna be fun um wednesday march 15th at the clippers on espn that, See that's more that's more of that's the, in line that's in yeah, line with the normal Bucks national TV yeah, game yes a hundred percent agree uh, so the Bucks got to make the most of it and uh, to help them make the most of it you can get on SeatGeek use the promo code L O B U C K S again L O Bucks put some green in the stands and let let the TNT cameras show just how how beautiful uh, full arena at the Bradley Center can be. Um, I think that's it for me, unless you have any other thoughts on this one, Frank. Um, I guess the only thing I will say is the MCW revenge game will have to wait. <laughs> it's the curse of the former Bucks point guards, man. It's Brandon Knight, you know, has his career year. Brandon Knight's probably feeling great about himself. Then he gets traded. Then he just falls into an abyss of injury and crappiness and... Um, granted, he got $70 million, so I think he's doing okay. But uh, And then MCW... Injured, basically, immediately, still hasn't played. And um, let's be honest, I'm not expecting Chicago to necessarily be a great 
venue for for his talents either. I don't think those dead last rankings in three point shooting is are going to change based on uh, based on MCW coming back. But I guess we'll see. How how is how does how is Ramon Sessions not like been hit by an asteroid based on <laughs> based on the the bad luck of former Bucks point guards? He's been here twice and he's left and seems to be uh, surviving. Yeah. So anyway, okay. Enough for us. Okay, that's we'll it. Plenty of, uh, plenty of Bulls to watch. Yeah, we will. We will see you after the Bulls game, and then we'll preview the next Bulls game. Uh, but we will hit it up after that. Thanks again for joining us. As always, uh, check out the rest of the Locked On Network, uh, Locked On NBA. Uh, David Locke, obviously the the guy that runs this whole thing, but he also is a smart, smart NBA dude. A, did he just have Kevin Pelton on again? Yeah, Pelton on. I, I'm about halfway through it, and those I haven't got to really it good. yet. So Pel- I, I, Pelton's like the ultimate, uh, like brain pick, pick his brain type guy. Yes, I, I always find like topics I didn't even know I was interested in, and then Kevin has like some base of knowledge about like, oh, you know, the data suggests this or that, and it's like. <laughs> I, awesome. Yes, I 100% agree. So check out that. Uh, check out Locked on Fantasy. Um, they're doing great stuff over there, Josh Lloyd. And check out the, the, dunked, on, the dunked on podcast. I know uh, we were talking about a little bit on Twitter. They talked about the best players under 23 right now. Giannis was a part of that conversation on the dunked on podcast. And, they and, also, and Jabari. Jabari oh, was also. And, yes, he was. He was, what, like tier five maybe? I can't remember. He was, he was number seven and Giannis was three i think in both um so of course people were complaining to me why Giannis wasn't number one it's like <laughs> obviously just just enjoy why can't it. you they're, have something they're, nice they're like exceptionally complimentary of Giannis. i think <laughs> anyway it's not a Giannis isn't as good as carl towns and anthony davis podcast you, you would not have guessed it from the way they praise Giannis, so you, you'll like it it's fun so check that out uh dunked on also talked about the bucks earlier this week too so great resources smart people and since the bucks are playing well and they have good players now other people talk about them so go listen to those people talk about them as well or just come back here on friday we'll be ready to go this has been lockdown bucks that's been frank man i'm eric name we're out Napa know it takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17